so what's happening on the uh, tokenization front? A lot's going on. I mean, we were, we're raising capital, so we've got our reg CF out there and that's going pretty well. Um, that'll be running through the end of the year. And uh, so far, so well with that. But we're just seeing a lot of uh, increased interest in tokenization uh, from property owners and institutions as well. I was following, and I won't mention names because you know people don't like me to throw out their names sometime when they're trying to creep into the business. <laughs> but, uh, there's some very large institutions that were following us for a long time, and I you know had some meetings with them. And one of the uh, officers of this large institution just broke off to start a uh, digital asset fund, uh, and because they believe in digital assets so much that they they raised already two hundred fifty million dollars to start investing in digital assets, real estate, the virtual real estate marketplace that you just mentioned, NFTs. But they see this as being a significant growth area that they can't avoid. But even the institution they left wants to now start creating digital assets on their balance sheet. So that is also an initiative they want is to find uh, digital assets they can buy in bulk to put on their balance sheet. And so we believe that uh, by creating that kind of content, uh, the high quality commercial real estate that we are feeding into the demand uh, that these institutions are gonna want as well as individuals, it just took a long time for people to wake up and realize uh, the value of digital real estate and all the options that you have by owning digital real estate. Do you think it'll be so much easier for them to uh, like mark the book value because it is a liquid investment versus all their non-liquid real estate investments? Mark the book value? Yeah, be able to just continuously mark the value like on a quarterly basis, like where it's a liquid, they, I guess you have the audits and everything, but I mean, where do they see the differentiating benefits in the security tokens versus the non-liquid standard private placement? Well, yeah, I think the valuations business is getting much better so that people can uh, understand the value of their uh, holdings today as opposed to you know appraisals, always looking three, four yep. months behind. Uh, and it's kind of hard to trade on something when you have you know, four month old information. But you know, companies like Walker Dunlap are creating new methods of evaluations. I mean, there's that apprise they came up with, which is giving uh, using a lot of data points with AI to kind of determine what a value is. And we are also looking at you know, evaluations. First of all, all of our clients have to give us quarterly financial statements so that our, our uh, investors can look at that and see how they're doing in terms of their, pro, their, their forecast, right? They've all forecasted a five-year, 10-year plan. And when you're now looking at quarterly financial statements, you can at least see that they're on track with that. But we will be you know, buying into some of these other methods of evaluation, which will give you know, customers more of a, a daily approach. For example, if they subtract all or pull all the data from debits and credits from the bank statements, they can tell whether or not the collections are, uh, on, are in line where they're supposed to be. They can tell whether or not the expenses are in line where they're supposed to be based on just daily activity. Um, and then you can also look at market uh, comps and market data to see if the positioning of the, you know, the uh, occupancy is in line with the marketplace, the rents are in line with the marketplace. All these data points will help an investor say, yeah, uh, this looks really good. I'm going to invest in it and, and uh, feel comfortable doing so. You think one of the biggest benefits that all these investors see is the actual opportunity to be able to take out some type of collateralized loan against their security tokens? <laughs> that is a big benefit that I think people would take advantage of who can't, who currently cannot take advantage of when you uh, own real estate the traditional way, the old fashioned way. You cannot take advantage of DeFi. Um, you can't take advantage of the, the collateral in your asset, but you're absolutely right. You know, the way I see it is that you know, folks who are buying into digital real estate uh, and putting those uh, tokens in their wallet can now wrap that around the cryptocurrency and be able to do DeFi and really now generate income on two levels, right? You have income coming from your yield on your real estate asset, maybe, maybe that's five or six or 10%. And then you're actually loaning out uh, or borrowing off of your collateral 
uh, to generate additional income through DeFi, right? Uh, and this is down the road, but I think it's going to be it's starting to happen and people starting to look at that very carefully, especially as those who are involved in DeFi right now. Before, when I talked to them, they just didn't understand real estate. So therefore, it was all about just DeFi off cryptocurrencies. Now that they realize that, you know, real estate would be a much more solid base for doing uh, DeFi transaction, uh, they're looking to figure how they can now use that as collateral. Because uh, think about it, if you just use Bitcoin as collateral for DeFi and it dropped 40%, I mean, all of a sudden your mm -hmm. collateral is busted. You have to put more collateral in, right? <laughs> um, so the whole idea with real estate is that that won't be the case. Uh, the biggest downfall for real estate uh, to be part of that process was the liquidity side. How can they sell it very quickly if they had to? And there are a lot of liquidity pools being generated right now to help you be, to liquefy your real estate pretty quickly. I mean, how, how long do you think uh, till kind of banks get comfortable with underwriting these tokens and providing loans against them for clients? Uh, people look, yeah, I was just at a conference in Austin last week. I'm going to one tomorrow. Um, this is what's on the table in terms of liquidity pools um, for providing mortgage financing for real estate, um, using that as collateral. Um, as far as providing uh, MES debt uh, for real estate, using that as collateral. And so they're looking at cryptocurrency is in that form of kind of a stable coin that provides you know, that level of liquidity pool as well. So um, I would say that you know, it's starting to happen right now. Uh, they're telling us by October, November, we should be kicking off the first few liquidity pools for real estate. And so that sounds very promising. I never like to wait because, you know, everybody's promising something's going to happen in the crypto <laughs> space in our industry. And uh, I say, well, that's great when it does happen. But I think right now there's still a strong demand for people to start digitizing their assets because they want to have, be ready for the opportunity for liquidity. If you're not even digitized, then there's no way you can be visible, no way you can be ready, no way you have these options. But if you are digitized and now you, even without liquidity pools, you now have your shares amongst your current shareholders spread out on the blockchain, uh, it allows them to be able to sell those shares whenever they want to, which they didn't have the opportunity to do before. It allows them to use those shares as collateral, which they couldn't do before. So I think things are really ramping up much faster than uh, they had previous years. And how, how are you seeing the current appetite kind of growing and also investor education to onboard new investors into the security market? Well, I said, as more competitors come into the marketplace, um, as people like NASDAQ start to put, you know, billions of most, at least hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. in advertising uh, these opportunities, um, that's creating the awareness for building owners to say, hey, there's got to be something here. Uh, I want to learn more. And I think the education is becoming more and more prevalent and available um, just because you're seeing articles every day that pertain to real estate tokenization. And so uh, I know owners are gobbling it up because you think about real estate where we are today, you've been in real estate for a long time. It's tough right now. I mean, to Ooh. find deals that make sense is extremely tough. And I would say it's tough because the average investor uh, doesn't have you know, the, the uh, long tail of, of capital to sit on an investment at 3% and wait for it to become you know, profitable. If somebody buying something at three, three and a half percent cap rate has a higher chance on failure than they do of success, right? And so you think about all the money now, people are selling assets at three and a half cap and these big institutions are gobbling it up because they have you know, low cost of capital and they have a lot of equity. But the person who just sold the asset is in a, you know, kind of in a, you know, has a decision to make because now they have capital either gonna pay capital gains tax on or they're gonna roll into a 1031 exchange. And so when you buy, sell at 3.25 cap, and what are you gonna buy in that same, area of real estate, so say apartments, it's going to be hard to buy anything that's, you know, uh, at a favorable cap rate, which means you're going to rush into buying something at 3.25 cap and hope that things get better. More than likely, you're putting yourself in a very difficult situation uh, for, for, you know, in terms of making success in the future. So I think people are looking for new ways 
in which they can make money with their capital. And by diversifying that equity into 25 projects instead of one uh, is one way of, of, of achieving that. And also by having these new uh, uh, capabilities of liquidity uh, for your assets, being able to sell your assets, trade your assets, use DeFi against the assets to make additional income. These are all new ways to create uh, earnings on a real estate investment that didn't exist before. Are you guys currently doing any like monthly webinars or anything out to the syndicate, the syndicators out there doing these deals to kind of educate them and bring them on board? Uh, we are doing, we're going to be doing more webinars. We've done uh, just a few and I was doing really much introductions on properties we're putting on, on the blockchain. So we're introducing the property, introducing the sponsors, just creating more content awareness um, as opposed to webinars of the benefits. Uh, usually we, we talk to our clients one-on-one -on -one about you know, benefits when they ask us. Um, but I'm finding that most people kind of understand the benefits. They want to know how to do it, the process, the cost, um, the timeline. These are the things they're more interested in right now is I'm, I'm already, they're telling me I'm already sold it. You don't have to sell me. Just tell me when you can get this done. <laughs> I mean, some of the thing I've seen is maybe just the, 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 the larger hurdle has been actually bringing the limited partners, keep uh, bringing more limited partners into the market. Are you still seeing that? Like, even if a syndicator or a sponsor brings a deal to you, just bringing those limited partners into the idea of going into security tokens where they're kind of used to one another process. Yeah, that has been uh, a fear for a lot of sponsors, right? Because they don't want to, you know, mess up their current uh, stock of, of capital. And so they're, they're, you know, scared, I would say, to introduce, you know, technology to their existing shareholders. Hey, uh, you know, we've been doing business one way for a long time. And now I want to introduce you to, you know, digital tokens. I'm going to, I bought this project that's been tokenized and I'm going to give you guys tokens. He says that conversation is a tough one for, uh, sponsors to offer to their investors. But I think they're getting around that. They're getting over that because they're really starting to eliminate the talk about technology and they talk about the benefits of what they're doing. And I think that's one way to get even the older, more sophisticated and conservative investors to listen and understand. They just talk about the benefits rather than saying we're tokenizing or you know we're, we're putting on the blockchain where you know people start rolling their eyes on what they're talking about. They just start saying, hey, we're now making it so that you can sell your shares you know, very quickly without asking us. Um, you know, we're able to now capitalize with more investors than we had before by reducing you know, the entry costs, right, from 250000 or 500000 to $10,000. So more people are able to lean in and get involved. And so they speak to them on those terms. They understand that, right? They speak to them on tokenization terms. They don't understand. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I'm just saying is like uh, introduce, uh, introducing the product to the market is... Uh... You know, do you think a monthly uh, webinar that is inclusive where all, let's say, sponsors can drive their limited partners to, to kind of have just explanation of how Red Swan works, the login, and just how underwriting a deal would happen? And this kind of makes them, cues it up and makes them comfortable to get in bed with their sponsors to do the deal? I think you're right. And I think we need to do more of that. I'm not saying that uh, education is something that we take lightly. We need to do more education and do better webinars. And we're just signing up with uh, Zoom has this new uh, pro uh, enterprise uh, product that we're signing up for so that we can hold very quick webinars. People can sign up very quickly to listen in on discussions. So it kind of might ask me anything about tokenization, about a platform. So we're adding that on as one of our resources specifically so that we can communicate more to our audience investors. People want to know something, boom, we can create a quick webinar on Zoom where they can dial in and ask questions, be recorded, will be their history there. So they want to pull that up for later on to hear what was said. It'll be available just to get to your point that, you know, we want to educate more people around the world is what's going on. Uh, but I think that the smart ones are being educated. They're getting, they're getting it done themselves because they want to be ahead of the game. They don't want to be behind. 
as I heard at this conference uh, last week, the guy said, you know, I can smell something good is happening here. I don't want to miss out. I'm not missing out this time. <laughs> it's funny, but just in the last, literally, I mean, you know, the last couple of months, I've seen more people from the real estate side, you know, from my network or, you know, influence on social media start buying some type of cryptocurrency. I'm like, uh oh, here, you know, that that's like the, you know, when they start shifting, not saying they're leaving real estate, but they're adding, we'll call it allocations of crypto to their portfolio. You know, it must mean that, you know, there's a bigger flow of capital coming behind it. And I think, you know, it's uh, become more widely adopted and acceptable now for people to be involved. And I think going forward, we're going to start seeing crypto as some portion of a lot of investors' portfolio. Absolutely. And I think once, and that's the reason why we've been really talking to crypto owners more so than non-crypto owners. We're talking to, you know, property owners because we want to give them the benefit of bringing capital to them. But the audience that we're attracting for deals are audience that already has cryptocurrency as a wallet because they're now looking for a place to park their crypto. They want to diversify. They can't just sit in one or two or 10 cryptos that are bouncing up and down every day. They want to diversify into something else. It's a harder asset. And so it's much easier for them now to be able to buy into digital real estate without having to convert their crypto into fiat dollars. Do you see something, I mean, where, you know, a certain company starts collateralizing all these tokens? You know, into certain pools and then offering them back out. I hear people are looking to do that. Um, I think that that is, you know, like I said, the the opportunity to generate uh, additional yield um, by exercising your digital uh, asset uh, with digital currencies, right? And uh, for the longest time, the only way you could do that was by using kind of stable coins. Uh, and since you're already into a digital asset, uh, currency asset, you can use that for financing. But now uh, that you have stable coins, it might be centered around real estate. Uh, that just changes that equation. At least it gives people a lot more comfort level that um, there's stability in the assets they're they're financing. That sounds good. So what uh, I mean, what's been happening recently? And what are you guys up to? A lot is happening. I mean, we've, we're we're coming out with lots of announcements we think are important. Um, we sold a couple deals on Red Swan that was that was uh, tokenized. We have you know probably about five or six deals that are hopefully going to be closing soon because they're over seventy five percent commitment to those deals. So. I'm impressed by the number of people logging on, registering, and, and expressing interest in our deals. That's growing daily. I mean, before it was a trickle, and now it's, every day I'm seeing you know, 50, 60 people who are signing on. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and from all over the world, not just the United States. I'm talking you know, so many different places in the world. I'm hearing more partners who are calling up and saying they want to partner with us. They have a platform, but they don't have any content. They want us to be able to you know, park our projects onto their platform so they can enhance their coin they're coming out with, right? So a lot of opportunities are taking place. But I think one of the most, most interesting announcements we're coming up with now is that you know, we have two of our sponsors that's about $320 million worth of real estate. Um, both are new developments, apartment buildings, are, have allowed us to uh, offer uh, their shares to Dogecoin owners. And I said, well, why Dogecoin? Well, they figure Dogecoin uh, is looking for a, a purpose, right? They've been more about social and less about economic, but they have a very strong following, very loyal following. Uh, there's about 33 billion in the market cap for them. And right now the price of the shares are, are really low. And so offering them an opportunity now to start getting more savvy into, into investments, especially real estate investments that are digital, um, is like a whole new education for a Dogecoin owner. So we're excited about uh, that because not only is it gonna be, I think, popular for Dogecoin to start getting into other types of digital investments, but you'll start seeing other coins uh, focusing on the same thing, right? So they're moving their, their platform into uh, more uh, financial type of investments uh, and have more financial savvy behind their investments as opposed to you know, just flying to space or, you know, doing some of the things like going to a Mavericks game with tickets. That's all good. It shows that the, the purchasing power is there, but now, you know, 
put that purchasing power in a place where you can actually start generating earnings and, and dividends and income uh, be part of the core fabric of uh, institutional investments of, of the world. Well, this is cool. So if I have Dogecoin, right, what do I do? What happens? So if you have Dogecoin and you decide you want to use some of that Dogecoin to buy in, uh, you basically will send your Dogecoin. Well, first of all, you tell us that you want to buy so many shares of one of whichever asset is available. And we have two. And then we'll onboard you, make sure that your KYC, we still have to do that. And then we'll take your Dogecoin and then uh, we'll put in our uh, Coinbase account. And then we'll give you uh, shares of this uh, company stock, uh, the building stock, so that now you would own shares of the building as an LP investor. And so um, that hard asset now will continue to grow and continue to make uh, dividends for you. But it's just a way of you offsetting some of your Dogecoin into something else that's uh, a little bit more stable. That's interesting. So is that going to be available on all deals moving forward or just these two specific syndications? Just these two right now. We want to see how well it goes. Of course, you know, I can, if it's successful, I can definitely talk my other uh, sponsors into accepting Dogecoin as well. We just think that that's a, a coin that that's, is, has a lot of great uh, base of, in, of investors, very centric in terms of their communication and things they're doing. And they're all about doing good. I mean, it seems like they Dogecoin owners want to do a lot of good things even from the very beginning when they helped uh, the, the bobsledding team, right, by raising capital initially. So we want to just take that, help them move it into other areas of, of finance. What are these assets that are going to be available? Uh, these assets available right now, and the two assets that are we're focusing on are the Lake House uh, asset, which is an CBD of Oakland, California. It's a 26-story high-rise. Um, uh, NREA, which is the developers of $8 billion company, so they have you know, uh, plenty, plenty of capital. Matter of fact, this asset, uh, Lake House, is already pretty much fully subscribed. They just allowed us to take one sliver of the capital, which is $20 million, and offer to Dogecoin. But if you know they have the capital already, so everything is already capitalized. They have, you know, NREA has put over $46 million of their money into the asset. Uh, we have another major investor, I can't mention the name right now, who's put up $184 million uh, in terms of uh, a, uh, a mortgage for the asset. And then we have um, another major institution is buying $20 million worth of credits, tax credits. So it's already pretty much fully uh, capitalized. Um, but this is kind of just to see where it would go if we offered it to a cryptocurrency that uh, you know has the capability of being an equity partner. So it'd be kind of nice to see Dogecoin uh, owners on the cap table of a major project. That'd be awesome. And what I mean, kind of what is that? You know, what is the expectations from that investor? You know, is there certain cash flows or equity or length of period in which they'd be invested for? Yeah, that's a good question. So the asset, the Lake Lake House asset, is a new investment. It's in the opportunity zone. So. Uh, there will be opportunity zone benefits, tax credit benefits from that. There is cash on cash of 6% that is uh, being offered as a preferred to uh, these investors coming in. And the IRR over the 10-year period, if you stay on board, is roughly around 11.5%. Uh, so tax credit benefits uh, from your current earnings, if you want to take advantage of opportunity zone, um, cash on cash benefits uh, as, as dividends, as well as a pretty attractive uh, IRR for a core asset in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, the other asset is called the Apollo, uh, and it's an apartment building mid-rise being built by uh, two guys who are uh, very successful in building multifamily uh, called Blackfish Capital. And they uh, are building this project in Edmonds, which is right there next to Seattle, Washington. And it's a multifamily mid-rise product, great location, close to the beach, um, and a great market area where, you know, I think affordable housing is very hard to find. So we're excited about both of these projects um, accepting Dogecoin. 
And we think that this is a turning point for allowing cryptocurrencies to start getting directly involved in real estate. Now, is anyone, now they typically just need to have a Coinbase set up, a Coinbase account set up to participate or what are the requirements? They can, they don't have to have Coinbase participate. They can basically send to our Coinbase account. Red Swan has a Coinbase account. Um, we custody all our assets with Coinbase. So basically uh, whatever wallet they have with their capital, they can just send that to us. Once we receive uh, that has been received and, and documented, we then will turn around and send them the shares to the, their wallet. Or if they don't have a wallet, we'll hold their shares for them in Coinbase on our account with Coinbase. We have an Omnibus account for all of our uh, shareholders. Is there any requirements for net worth or anything to participate? Yeah, there is. Uh, you have to be a credit investor. I can't get around that. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, most accredited investors, you know, classification has kind of been broadened in the recent years. And so I think that anyone who has income that's uh, $300,000 a year or more, which be, you know, single or married, as well as having either uh, and or having a million dollars in net worth outside of your, res your principal residence uh, qualifies you as a credit investor. Uh, they also have new modifications where if you're in the industry of finance and you're doing uh, financial work, investment work, that you can qualify as well. But we think that, you know, there are a lot of Dogecoin owners that definitely qualify, a lot of whales of Dogecoin that qualify as uh, credit investors. And hopefully as time goes on, the SEC will continue to kind of lighten in the, the requirements for credit investor. But for overseas investors, our Reg S, uh, they don't have to be accredited. We just do a KYC to make sure that they're not on any you know, particularly bad boy list, uh, and then they can invest directly. In the U.S., they have to be accredited, and anyone outside the U.S. can also participate, and they just have to go through the KYC requirements. That's correct. So, And that makes it a lot easier because there's a lot of Dogecoin owners overseas that are looking for ways to diversify their investment. And we're hoping that they'll take advantage of this. At least a few of them will. It'll probably sell off pretty quickly because there's, like I said, 38 billion of Dogecoin. There's only $36 million opportunity that we're offering for these two properties. So, you know, not everybody that has Dogecoin probably can participate, but hopefully it's just a starting point uh, so we can offer more projects that uh, are high, high quality like this. I'm sure there's definitely some multimillionaires sitting around in Dogecoin after the past year, huh? <laughs> there, yeah, they are, which makes them accredited, right? And, yeah. and even, uh, if not, they're just investment savvy around the world. We hope that it has done some value for Dogecoin, right? Because now if more people are buying it so they can get into investments, um, then it becomes more of a preferred investment uh, coin as opposed to something that doesn't really have that kind of benefit. That's cool. And when it comes to like the, uh, I guess, tax statements, can the investors, is that some of the sponsor prepares for them and sends them directly? Taxes? Tax statements like K-1s? Yes. Yeah. So we handle that. Red Swan handles okay. all the corporate communication for our, our sponsors, which means that any voting uh, activity we handle, any capital calls we would handle, any dividend distributions we handle. And then, of course, uh, tax reporting, they issue a K-1 to Red Swan, and then we turn on issue K-1s to all the investors on the cap table. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate we, that. We handle, we handle all that for you to make it real easy. <laughs> uh, like I said, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves on building infrastructure to allow uh, investors to get into digital real estate uh, and be able to trade the real estate, uh, make it easy because it's confusing. You kind of just dial in and, and go to any one site. There are lots of services that are providing you know, on-ramping, there's providing, you know, crypto to uh, cash and crypto services, banking services, you know, KYC services, but no one's putting it all together. So to make it easy for a person to wants to buy into digital real estate, just sign on, buy, manage on your, on your dashboard, trade if you need to trade it off and handle all the corporate communications. And so we're trying to become that infrastructure base uh, to allow investors to have that opportunity. Well, you guys are definitely one of the first, you know, few guys out there to kind of get to market over the last few years. And have you found that to be advantageous and doing very well for yourself? 
Well, it's just, it's, it's advantageous, yes, but it also means that Target is on our back. <laughs> figure out what we're doing, how they can kind of copy what we're doing, how they can be better. Of course. And, and I'm okay with that, right? Because that's all positive. That means that if somebody's going to be better, that means they have to study and come out with something better. But then, and then we get to watch them and be and then copy them. back. So, yeah, so it's, it's okay. The market is huge. We just want to be um, a critical part of the market to help people. Well, a little bit of background just about yourself is that I mean, you could kind of give me more insight, but your background and your experience and your network has had, kind of given you the head start. Can you give us more insight into that? Well, I had a chance to see it coming before it, it happened, which uh, and I took the took the leap of faith that it was going to actually happen back in 2018. You, know, you can see real estate becoming more expensive. You can see that the elites were and the big institutions were you know, predominantly buying all the real estate and all the good real estate was bought by the bigger uh, purse strings. Smaller guys were having a hard time and still having a hard time. And I say that is they're buying the most risky type of real estate, the small mom and pop, you know, uninstitutional quality assets are the hardest to buy or easiest probably to buy, hardest to sell and hardest to manage. Right. And so I thought it was unfair for, uh, for that to happen for me to have, you know, thousands of customers, but I only called 10 or 20 <laughs> to get a deal done. Right. So I think that was one reason why we jumped into uh, blockchain, but yeah, I think the experience that we've had with uh, commercial real estate, and being able to talk to property owners and know what their pain points are in terms of selling or buying has made it very useful for us uh, to be able to really start picking up more clients, talking to the heads of major real estate companies. So there's a lot going on. I mean, we're, we're, we got our arms around billions of deal, real estate deals, right? How many years have you been in the game? I've been in commercial real estate for 18 years, and that was with Cushman Wakefield and Colliers uh, as the executive director for Capital Markets. So I've seen a lot of billions of dollars worth of transactions. Uh, that we we facilitated, but I also see you know the problems in the industry, and I think that this this is now a major benefit for them. I mean, just think about you know the financing capabilities with digital uh, capital as opposed to traditional capital uh, is going to change our whole industry. You watch Mesdet has been a big you know proponent component of the capital stack. Whether that even though the, the sliver of it is probably between you know five and twenty five percent, it drives the most expense I mean, in terms of cost. And also, you know, the teeth are around MES debt is pretty sharp. They control the deals. And I think now if you start seeing cryptocurrency get involved and they can offer a lower yield product and less teeth because they need that asset for their capitalization of other financial activity going on, which is going to put a lot of pressure on the existing uh, banking services for real estate. You know, one of the things that I'm kind of seeing in the market is, you know, uh, a lot of thesis or ethos around the crypto market is kind of democratization and, and people being able to take control of their own finances, right? But lately I'm starting to see a lot more services or even let's call it the institutions coming into the marketplace. And it's kind of like we're going back to the old way a little bit where centralized. They're, just, they're starting to aggregate all the assets by us utilizing everyone else's deposits again, right? And it's not so much the person going direct, right? I mean, do you think that, that is just a nature of the human being that, you know, they're living a regular life and they don't want to take the time out to worry about all this other stuff and they'd rather have somebody manage it or kind of how you seeing between the two different types of investors. I think that you have the investors who are more laid back and want the easy way of doing business. So they would go to a bigger centralized institution that promises them a decent return for utilizing their wallet or holding their, their assets. But then you also have, you know, entrepreneurs who have been buyers of real estate for a long time and, and, you know, getting their shirt handed to them because it's getting more difficult, as I mentioned, who now see this as a way to be able to manage their own assets and uh, finance their own assets because they have collateral and have options to buy into high quality product, right? I mean, so now they can diversify into, you know, the type of core, core and core plus assets they never could have had before. They can ride on the coattails of the major uh, investors like KKR and Starwood who own those assets. And then they can start doing their own side dealing 
by trading those assets when they hear about information. So I think that the, the entrepreneurs who are in the real estate business are going to be the ones who are going to start using it as a privatized tool to enhance their own, their own balance sheet. And I think that the public, the general investors who are more uh, LP, who want to you know, take the easier road because they don't they have other things to do with their time, would probably lean on some of these centralized uh, companies and let them provide the services for them because it's more comfortable. Has Red Swan uh, thought about doing their own internal pools to be able to offer out to the public to participate investing in those? Uh, we have started two funds so that um, if a person, whether it be overseas investor or local investor, doesn't know what they want to put it in, they don't have the time to underwrite assets like you know traditional real estate investors, they can invest into our fund, uh, either the core fund, which is going to be invested in just core and core plus assets, or in the value add fund, which we invest in value add. These are all digital assets, things we've already digitized. So it now allows them to kind of get a, a blend of investments right away, as opposed to having to figure all that for themselves. So yes, we're trying to you know, offer that to investors as well, so they can park their money with us and allow us to use the discretion to invest in projects that we like that we've tokenized already. So how do you guys shape and look at the best opportunities for the fund? Well, I mean, first of all, the opportunities that we invest with the fund are opportunities that we invest that we've tokenized. And so we feel really comfortable. We won't take an opportunity and tokenize it if we don't like it, right? It's got to make sense for our investors. It's got to make sense to us. So it's get, it gets thoroughly vetted. And so now it's just a matter of do they want, you know, more opportunistic type of yield or do they want more core stable yield. And we'll give them a blend of, you know, core assets like Austin, you know, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, down all the CBD type products we have, we'll put in and they'll give them pretty much uh, a baseline of dividend of like four and a half percent. And the one that's uh, opportunities, opportunity fund, opportunistic fund will give a baseline of five and a half percent. Right. But based on the assets they're going into, they're the kind of assets they probably couldn't invest in themselves. Right. They wouldn't have access to any CBD high rise projects. But now they can. Now they can go to the Thanksgiving dinner table and say, look at all the assets we're investing <laughs> <Yeah>. in, right? <laughs> That's good. That's right. You got you to keep, uh, you got to make them a profile for the app so they could kind of have that, that uh, bragging rights, right? Almost like an NFT. You got to create an NFT for each project. So if you're an LP, you get an NFT and then you could display it on your, your pages, right? Right. Let's say I own uh, interest in all these properties, apartment properties or whatever kind of properties. We're looking at office and hospitality uh, very, very closely because- uh, we're seeing a lot of pricing benefits in those two categories. And so there's you know, some things gonna, we're working on there too. We can help people get the best pricing on an asset in those segments uh, that are going to be repurposed because we think there's a lot of repurposing taking place in the hospitality as well as in the office sector. So being able to buy well and buy, you know, have access will be important for investors and by them being part of our our ecosystem, they'll see these type of assets and be able to get involved in it early. Well, that's awesome. Anything else? Anything else we want to cover today? Just the foreign Investors are really starting to pile in. I mean, we're getting a lot of interest from Vietnam um, and from Singapore. They like uh, U.S. dominated assets, dollar denominated assets. And so they're looking for way, and they're already heavily invested in cryptocurrency. They're looking for a way now that they can put that into uh, some hard assets. So we see the world getting smaller uh, and more digitized. Race to zero. <laughs> there it is. Right? Hey, it's not a race though anymore. I used to think it was a race when we first started, Joe, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's not a race anymore. I mean, we're just trying to become major players there and keep the pace. Otherwise, we're chasing after ourselves. If we're trying to race, we're racing against ourselves. Now I look at it as kind of just maintaining and growing and building that infrastructure so that people have a very uh, positive experience when they do business with us and they can successfully get from A to B uh, is what we're trying to accomplish. I'm not trying to race anymore because I realized that, you know, you just wear yourself down by yeah. racing. You know, you look at <laughs> over your shoulder, there's, 
There's yeah. not anybody there. You look on the other side, there's not anybody there. So who are, you, who are you running from? That's true. That's true. What are you seeing in the, I mean, what, I guess let's leave off. How about market analysis? What are you seeing in the current market and where do you think it's really going? I like I, said, I see a lot of the expensive real estate in the current market today. I see people who are trying to buy this real estate because they have capital they raised. Uh, and they're betting that they can do a better job of, of turning those assets they pay a lot of money for. Uh, but I think they're just really pushing money out the door because they have money. And I don't think that's a good uh, investment strategy. So I'm looking for a correction in the business, right? So that, you know, people can really jump in and buy good values. Um, interest rates, you know, are very low right now. It's not going to stay there forever. Inflation is coming in, uh, which real estate is a good hedge against inflation. But I think that we're going to see better opportunities for better real estate buys over the next four, three or four years. Well, that's good. I hope so, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's be. a little frustrated. I, I just spoke with somebody who runs a billion dollar company and they're like, we don't need, you know, internally we're discussing, we don't quite see anything distressed for at least four years. I was like, you know. That's oh, that's hard. not, well, I mean, look at TREP reports. You're going to see there's distress taking place right now. So, um, and then as you see these maturities, if interest rates go up a little bit, even just 50 basis points. Yep. And these maturities are coming in, you're going to see some distress for sure. I'm already starting to see, you know, really nice assets were built three years ago where the, um, like I said, the PREF equity or the MES equity wants their money back, right? And the assets are not performing to the point where they can get their money back. And they're saying, we'll sell it anyway. And so one asset, I mean, it's almost a $180 million asset. They're selling, but you got to close in 30 days, which means that that asset is going to go for a cheap discount, right? And that's a beautiful, beautiful core asset more and more are going to be coming down the road. You don't hear about it, but more and more of those types of situations are popping up. And don't even start to talk about the office scenario, right? Um, they're trying to get low cap rates for office product and have no, no certainty on the occupancy, long-term yeah. occupancy of those assets, right? Who's going to buy an office building at four cap when you have you know, major investors with, that are occupying this building who may not be there in terms of tenants in the next four or five years? That's a risky scenario. Um, and it's easy for them to just say, hey, I quit, sue me. <laughs> but, for the, but for the investor, they, it's, it's a risky proposition. That's good. That's good. No, I mean, I think uh, it's, it's an interesting economy. Like everyone says, it's a kind of a new world and we'll see what happens, you know, moving forward next few years. But I, as I like, to, as everyone on Twitter, like say up only for crypto, I like to say up only looking, you know, 10 years out and not short term, right? Yeah. Crypto has done well. I started buying crypto as well last year and I'm amazed by, you know, the success it's had. I mean, of course, there's some ups and downs, but overall uh, the portfolio is up, Right. And I think more and more people are saying, I need, should I get into this? Should I get into this? You know? And I'm like, hey, dude, if you're not into it now, maybe you think you might put a little bit of your money into it. And because when you do make an investment in something, you start to pay attention watch to it, it. right? Yep. You watch it more. And if you don't do it, you just kind of stay on the sidelines, then you're not, you know, watching it. And then all of a sudden you see this tripled in value and you've missed out. Uh, I still think that crypto is going to continue to go up. I think there's going to be a lot of you know, different players coming out with strong cryptocurrencies, but there's also regulations that are coming out that are going to you know, keep them in check. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I feel comfortable with real estate because real estate is real estate, right? And we've got you know, one thing we can say is that it's a hard asset you can go and touch, and it's actually occupying, uh, has tenants, and it's making money, as opposed to everything else is a story that you have to believe. But in real estate, uh, it's real, and you can go and there's a physical asset you can go and touch. So we got to focus on that and stay focused on that. And anything else that relates to it in terms of a coin or a dividend or a derivative, we're going to be focused on as well. That's good. That's good. Anything else we want to leave off with there? No, I think we're good. I just wanted to make that announcement about yeah. Dogecoin and uh, let people know that this is uh, something that uh, we're excited about. And uh, we know that it should be very, very successful.
It's interesting. It's, it's interesting, Ed, man. You know, it's, uh, what, what are some of the things? You know, that's some, something to even think about, obviously, spare time, but is, you know, we mentioned NFT, right? Like, if you could give somebody, you know, minute on the chain that costs like pennies, but maybe give somebody an NFT for each deal they get into, like when they subscribe, right, of that building. And like, you know, Mark Cuban has that like lazy.com or IO where it could mm -hmm. show your NFTs. I mean, that might be something attractive to utilize where people could post that on their social media profiles to get you traction somehow, like put the red like swan a, logo like a, on it. Like a, a image of the of the building they invested into as NFT, um, but one that's specifically geared towards the investor, what you're saying. Well, I'm saying like, yeah, yeah. If they, if they invest in Lake House, right? Like they'll get the image of the Lake House. They'll have like the red swan logo, right? right. Like red swan logo and like participation in Lake House. And it'll have red swan logo and it'll have a picture of the, you know, building, right? Right. And maybe later down the road, it can be animated. It can be like before and what it's going to look like after, whatever it is. But I'm just saying is maybe something to consider that utilizing the NFT, meaning you, you give someone that gift, they feel more. That's feel a great idea, Joe. I mean, and it might be something we want to use with this Dogecoin promotion because we have picture of Lake House with the Dogecoin and Red Swan as some kind of a, you know, uh, NFT that they can hold on to. And to be say they're, say they're the first too, yeah. right? <laughs> the first. True. Yeah, yeah, that's I a mean, good point. And then I think it, when you can, when they could display it, figure out how they could display it through their social media handles, right? Or they, you know, people, you know, look, people on LinkedIn, all this shit, they all, they're all like, oh, uh, invested in a thousand doors and, you know, all the shenanigans, right? You know how that goes, right? right. You know, all these syndicators, all these people or LPs, whatever. Like, hey, check out my thousand doors, right? And, or something and make it, it'll be the link and I'll show the NFTs with maybe with all the buildings that they're invested in. And it gives people like clarity and more transparency to what they're invested in, or at least what the asset is without having to ask, right? That's, that's a fabulous idea. Um, we have pictures of the property. I think creating the NFT, maybe I'll talk to somebody how to do that on the marketing side so that there's an NFT for every project that, uh, they, that they invest in, especially the ones that we're promoting for cryptocurrency, right? because now, they can put the stamp on it that I moved my cryptocurrency into this asset and I was one of the first and that NFT could have value down the road. You never know. I mean, <laughs> There's going to be limited investors, limited NFTs. So who knows that could actually have value to put, if nothing else, on their personal uh, portfolio of assets. I mean, that might be a bragging wall to show all the different assets that That's you what own. I'm saying. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. A link like, you know, same as people are doing NFTs. That shows a link to all the NFTs. It's almost like OpenSea. You could go to someone's profile and see all the assets that they're invested in, basically. Does that make, right. you know what I mean? Right. No, and, that's a great and, idea. And then somehow on that image, you're, you're communicating the, the, the property and maybe the participation, like with a badge or whatever, I don't know, on the person then has your info so people know where to go and participate. So that brings you marketing leads, right? Very true. And the NFT could also have some benefits that the property is offering them just because you know, their owners, I mean, so probably might offer some free nice days or whatever. That, that, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's what I like. That's what I like, or based on uh capital contributed over, you know, maybe at some point you could have over a million dollars contributed. It's 10 free nights, you know, over 250 is, you know, three free nights to utilize. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think that's where, I mean, that's where this whole social token NFT thing is going, right. It's ultimately rewards for participating in whatever it true. is you're doing. Right. That's, that's very true. And, and you can be very creative with the rewards. And I think, it's going to be people like us who have to help the sponsors come up with uh, ways that they can offer rewards. I was at a conference, like I said, last week with um, uh, the guy who did the uh, elevated returns, who did the uh, Aspen Hotel uh, tokenization, right? I think his name is Julian. But anyway, he was speaking and he says that, hey, this time he's doing a utility token, not a not a, not an asset-backed security, because he wants to offer those free stays. Or yep, yep. if you stay, you get so much cash back, right? And so that becomes a financial benefit for you you know, to be able to book your advance, you know, almost like a, a timeshare on the hotels. And so he thinks that 
you know, that is a great way to offer benefits to investors coming on board, more so than the, the ownership of the uh, stock of the hotel, but ownership of free night stays, free of, you know, services, massage service, all the different things I mean, you can possibly do. Yeah. Think what an NFT, you know, you go, you get five nights at Hilton and you get a, a date with, with Paris, right? I mean, you know, that, that go for a million bucks. <laughs> but you know, you get my drift. I think it, I think the whole point of this whole social thing is basically it's building a, a bond between that person and that investment that they're making. Right. Right. I it's not it. just the money. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, you want more than money. You want social out of it. You want, you know, to be part of something, right and be also involved in that something socially if possible, be invited to uh, activities that this institution, this property is offering with all of its other investors. And I think you're right. People need that. I mean, that's what, that's what they're putting their money into. They want to, they want to, more than just, you know, the capital. And so we've got to figure out ways to make that interesting. You know, I think when this whole thing, when you know, crypto was going on, they had all these drops, right? Drops of tokens. Uh, that was just a kind of a way to get people to buy more, right? Uh, and accumulate. But I think if you can tie services to this, you know, or items to this that are useful. I think you're right. That becomes you know very significant. And with properties, they have services, right? They do. Uh, they have things they could offer, whether it be a discount on rent or uh, a lot of different things, right? Uh, it, if you look at it. If you're a tenant in a property that you actually bought shares in and have NFT, and you're getting a refund back every month from your rent because of that, wow, that's huge, yeah. right? One of the matter of working the numbers out. You know, one thing I thought of. I never ran by anybody, and I want to run by you and maybe think of this is. It seems like there's something behind creating a token. Uh, let's call it a, a platform, kind of like you know a, a mother a, a mother platform, right? Kind of like you have, right? And then bringing individual partner apartment communities and or owners together, um, but where they can somehow token, uh, we'll call it a utility token, I guess, or whatever. Um, create a token, but it's benchmarked to like the case shell or something for that location, or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yet. A portion of the rent goes to this. So basically, we are creating what is called renters' incentive for equity. So you know, everyone buys housing for equity, right? That's how it's right. pitched, right? So why is nobody pitching? Hey, why not just you like renting? You don't want to worry about maintenance. Why not be a renter for life, but you get upside in the equity? That's what I think is. Uh, well, that'd be interesting. So you're saying if the sponsors could could put together a pool so that as their tenants come on board, they can offer shares of this token, which are invested in real estate, so that these guys come on board, the longer they have a tendency in the building, the more shares they have, the more equity they have in real estate, right? Uh, so therefore they don't feel like they're renting and throwing money away. They're actually renting and also through that renting is making an investment in real estate. Another great idea. I mean, um, even if they're charging them 50 bucks more a month, but they're allocating it to some pool, like there's just the mindset of when they leave that deal. Well, two, two things, right? One, they're going to feel like they have ownership, which means there's a higher probability of treating the, the property better, right? Right. And two, when they leave, they get some they get some type of bump, like if it was a house, which would create this world where well, it kind of allows these institutions to keep gobbling all this shit up because basically people are just renting anyway, but at least they're going to have something when they leave. That That's the biggest problem, right? Because home, home ownership is forced savings in the US. That's what it is, right? Right. And I think if you could somehow integrate that with a token based on like large apartment communities. Like I wouldn't say C class per se, let's say you started A class, the two incentives, one people treat the better, the property better if they think if it helps improve value. And two, when they leave, they, the longer they stay, the more equity they build based on that loc locations, uh, pricing, uh, house pricing index. You know what I mean? Well, I think that could be done maybe with a coin. It'd be hard to do with a security token because they have yep, to be yep. credited investors, but yeah, I, I think with a coin that they're invested in that will be used amongst these particular properties, 
that coin will increase in value. And if they're getting a piece of the coin every month or every year or every quarter that they're living in that property, that is building some equity for them because uh, that coin will have value they can sell down the road. And I think you know our our younger generations uh, will appreciate that because they don't want to buy a house. I mean, no. you know, you know, the generation Xers and, and the millennials, they're not looking to buy a house. House is way too expensive than the Ford right now. They're just looking for ways to live comfortably uh, into a nice apartment that has all the amenities that they're looking for. And you're right. If they can accumulate uh, a basket of uh, like a small personal REIT of real estate, specifically the ones that they're living in, that's not a bad idea. Uh, not a bad idea at all. Hey man, you come a lot of great ideas here, Joe. Can you, give away the equity though, right? But the equity is being realized in increase in rent based on the cap rate, meaning you're not giving away. It's kind of phantom because you're offsetting it with the increase in rent, but you're creating a safe for saves play, uh, uh, savings account, right? So yes, somehow it's tied to the, because look, at the end of the day, 10, 20 years out, I look at it as, you know, uh, the quick books of these apartments buildings, right? Could be all on chain. Everything rolls up based on the low cap location, the property records, the AIA, the cap rate and everything. It's going to be, Every, you're going to have the value in, in live time, right? Right. And so if you have an increase in rent, you're going to have an increase in value naturally because of the cap rate, right? True. So can you somehow bring that all together for the tenant to participate in, you know, you know, A building versus B building. This guy says, I'll pay $25 more to participate here because I have the upside potential when I exit to have equity uh, rights or... I don't, know, pro, I don't know if you can call it equity rates, but you know maybe the company has to pay based on that appreciation. I haven't thought it out and mapped it out, but the, the high level is how to incentivize renters and have something when they're done. Right. I'm thinking this NFT idea may be the, a solution for that because you create an asset, you create an asset based off of the real estate asset is not tied to the equity. So it doesn't have to become a security token because that'd be another I know. Issue, right? <laughs> so now as an NFT, an NFT could become you know security tokens down the road, but NFT is purely... Uh, for the fact that you're sending somebody uh, an item that is uh, welcoming them as a member of this community. Uh, and because they're a member of the community, they get benefits that are passed down to them. The, the NFT value is going up and the benefits they're getting somehow can be monetized down the road, I think. And we just have to figure that what that is. Um, yeah. I haven't thought about anything on the NFT because I think it's a little, mm, I guess the way I was thinking is tied to more hard numbers, NFT, that's you're kind of, you're going to sell it to somebody else or like, how are you really exiting, right? Yeah, well, if you sell it to somebody, your NFT, then you're selling value to somebody else if, if you created value for the NFT. So that's one way of building value into some kind of an asset. Uh, I'm just worried about the security token side of it. If you're dealing with security tokens and you're giving away equity of a property, now the owner's worried about you know non-accredited investors getting this token and being in violation of the SEC. So we've got to be careful. That what, what, what if, what if, you know, hypothetically the day that they move in, they pay a rent premium of $25, right? I mean, you know, uh, right. And they get an NFT, right. But it's like the company itself or the, the sponsor, the owners, right. Have what's just called a buyback provision or something like that. So basically your NFT will be tied to the home price index here that goes up X percent a year. And when you move out, you get bought back, which essentially is phantom equity without a security. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's one way of looking at it. So when you move out, you get back, you know, everything that you put in, not everything you put in, but you get back this asset, right? But what if what if you were able to provide, if you had NFT, you're now getting some sort of utility tokens for performance, paying your rent on time or doing certain things, you're getting these utility tokens that could be used to offset 
you know, expenses in the property, in several properties, right? Where you, you know, valet services are now free. That usually 25 bucks a month yeah. or, you know, some, so I think- Good, good boy that, behavior incentives. Yeah, that creates value for the tenant. Yeah. They have the equity in the NFT, which is something they can be proud of. Uh, and they go to different places, they have more NFTs, but just by that one NFT, they're getting this utility token that gives them benefits, whether it be, you know, free delivery services for yeah. the meals or, you know, all this kind of stuff, make their life gym membership, gym memberships, whatever it is that um, yeah. apartments are trying to add on right now. More comfortable, right. And it's like, they're getting it because they're part of this virtual world uh, or the digital world of owning the NFT for the property they're in. Right. It just kind of cements them into that property more long-term because they want to keep getting these benefits and they want to keep getting these, these uh, dividends are coming out and it's not dealing with the SEC or anything because it's not an asset security. You're basically just getting, you know, perks for uh, your, your tenancy in this building. That's what I'm saying. Like, and then, cause I know a lot of apartments are tying into local amenities uh, from vendors, et cetera, gyms, whatever locally. Right. So this way, maybe that NFT is actually tied to that. So this way, when you roll into that location, you could just QR code it, whatever, and boom, you get your discounts or whatever. Right. It's not, uh, it's all tied into the NFT. So but, the, what does a property owner have to give up? Really, they're, like you said, it may be equivalent of $25 a month in terms of services or benefits they're giving up, but they're already getting that in the rent anyway, right? And what it's really doing is 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 locking in a long-term tenant, right? Who will stick with you for a long period of time because leaving is has a cost associated with it. Now, if they leave that apartment building, they lose a lot of these benefits. If they stay, they keep getting more and more benefits. That might be easy to get people to sign off on. Building owners, I mean, yeah. as well as having them tokenize their assets, right? But, you know, I'm going to keep two separate. Tokenizing <laughs> capital, that's separate. But this NFT that you get, your tenants get from being tenants now, and they get all these perks, uh, is something that could be done with a utility token as well as an NFT, which yeah. I'm totally, you know, okay with the SEC. You're dealing with the investor base. So the other side is customer retention, basically. Right. 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 But it also builds a good reputation between themselves and the sponsor of the building. Right? Yeah. Because now there's a, a relationship there that holds their tenants in place while we're creating better value for the overall stock of their of the uh, building. I, I, I kind of like that. Well, I'll circle, you know, drum that up. And when we circle back at some point soon, you know, or even if you're running by, uh, as you speak to a few of these sponsors, just throw it out there and say, hey, look, you know, we're, uh, you know, whatever. I'm speaking with the one or two guys. And we're kind of just discussing how we can look at the other side of retention from a, a, a you know, renter standpoint, right? And you know, how can we integrate uh, good boy behavior and local discounts and maybe some type of phantom call it equity, not tied to any type of security type, but for them to be able to, if they rent there for five years, they're walking away with more than just leaving with zero, but maybe 10, $20,000. Right, yeah. Um, not to mention the savings they get from all the perks that are coming through uh, down the road. So. I will think about that, um, put that on a to-do list here and see what we can probably create. The NFT, maybe it's I almost like, a, yeah, maybe with the NFT, it's almost like a good boy buyout behavior, right? Like, hey, if you're here five years with this good boy behavior, you get bought out for, you know, you get, you can walk away with 30,000. I don't know. Or based on how, you know, how the, uh, some, some metrics, right? I think so. We just got to figure out the economics behind it to, to know how they can create that $20,000, $30,000 over a five to 10 year period. But I, I, I do like the NFT aspect of it. I think that makes a lot of sense for the investors as well uh, and for the tenants. It might be a different type of entity, but I think yeah. giving somebody something that could create value um, based on the performance of something is not a bad idea because they're always going to want to take that you know, as much as possible because it's free, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and if it works out well, that'd be great. If it doesn't, well, it was still fun. Um, so I think I think we've tried to figure out how to do it around these NFTs. That's a good idea. I think there's a whole different, you know, purpose 
that I'm getting out of my job is no longer money like it used to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, money, yeah, I mean, somehow I'm still making money, but I think to be giving in and learning something and changing as we see the world changing, be a part of that is exciting, right? And I see that uh, as I keep looking more and more excitement, more and more people are piling in. It just tells me that, you know, we're on the right track and we can help a lot of people. We're actually looking at other countries now that uh, we can possibly help because, you know, there's a lot of need for countries to have people who are unbanked to get involved in financial literacy. Um, and so we're doing things that are, I think are benefit people internally uh, to make this world better, man. I mean, that's what we were trying to do is make the world better uh, in a way, right? And Especially have fun along the way, right? Have fun along you know? the way. Have fun along the way. And have fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, open the door, let people get involved and have fun, make them change their life. I mean, people should not have a one track life where they are born to be on the bottom of the chain of the food chain, right? And stay there. There should be an opportunity where they can see what other people are doing to become leaders and become successful. And they can mimic that activity and grow from there. I mean, that makes it easy. Before we never had that opportunity. A person is successful. They were born successful. They're born into the, the channel. All the opportunities come to them. You don't know what they're doing, but somehow they just keep getting bigger and bigger. But now you get to see what they're doing and be there doing it with them, even on a small scale, even if it's $2 a month, right? That's $2 of capital buying into something hard is going to keep growing. I started early when I was young, buying real estate, buying things, getting into business. And it's done well for me because I, I had that mindset, right? Watching my old man. But many people, they grow up, they go to college, they want to get a job, they want a good job, a good paying job. They go to that track rate, then they get stuck in their job. And, you know, things just, you know, never get better. They just get kind of stayed in the same rut. I think the world is... Uh, is really changing. Jobs are changing. Small jobs are no longer attractive. People don't want to go to work anymore. <laughs> they definitely don't. <laughs> not in 20, not in the last year, man. It's, yeah, it's, nobody wants to go to work for small money anymore. Or people are thinking differently. So, you know, now's a great opportunity to change. Congratulations for being a part of that change. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. What, do uh, you want me to, you, you guys are kind of launching some PR tomorrow on this? Yeah, we got a big uh, PR campaign for the next uh, couple of weeks on this. So this is going to run through uh, end of October for the Dogecoin. And then we have another big announcement coming out in November, but uh, I'll stick with this one first to make sure that it does well. And uh, hopefully it catches on to something important where we give it some value to, to the coin holders so that they have an option. You know, they need places to park their money as well. They can't just sit in one thing and hope it goes up and down based on, you know, politics or, or, or uh, Elon or Cuban. Influencers, yeah. Or influencers. <laughs> they got to figure out other ways of being independent. Thank you for jumping on, my man. I uh, appreciate it. Always, always good, good person to speak with. Always happy and smiling. So anything you need, feel free to reach out. And I'm sure in the next month or two, we'll circle back on any of these ideas or if you want to talk and uh, we'll catch back up. Sound good? Sounds good, buddy. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. All right. Bye.